carried out as it's supposed to be. And also, when declared not guilty, that he becomes consistent with that word because it was a promise of faithfulness. If he says, I will betroth you in mercy, then he was going to uphold you know, that mercy in his faithfulness in uh, Emona, all right? In Emona. So today, now we're just going to look at a few of those words that I've selected. And the first one is truth. We're going to see where the word truth was used instead of uh, faithfulness, but coming from the same meaning Emona, which simply means Emona as well in Hebrew. So Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse number 4. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse number 4. It says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth, a God of emona, a God of faithfulness. That word truth there is emona in Hebrew. A God of truth, emona, and without iniquity, just and right is he. Right? Then Psalms chapter 33, verse number 4. Psalms chapter 33, verse number 4. It says, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. All his works are done in emona. All his works are done in faithfulness. All his works are done in steadiness. All his work are done in truth. Now, this is important. Not some of his work. So God is working a work in your life. He has already worked a work and he's still working a work in your life. You need to understand that he does that work in truth and in uh, faithfulness. That is emona. So these are some of the places where the word truth was used instead of faithfulness. That is in our English. But to the Hebrew, they just had the same word emona. All right. Then number two, set office. You know, emona set office or a man set office right I, I really enjoyed this one you know i just imagined what could have happened to the hearers then when god says i will betroth you in faithfulness in a set office all right so let's just look at some of the times where this word was used set office as emuna which is the hebrew uh, first chronicles chapter 9 verse 22 First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 22. It says, All these which were chosen to be porters in the gates were 212. These were reckoned by their genealogy in their villages, whom David and Samuel the seer did ordain in their set office. Whom David and Samuel the seer did ordain in their emona, in their emona, in their truth, in their set office, in their faithfulness. Are you seeing this? So they were ordained in their set truth. They were ordained in emona, in faithfulness. All right. Uh, First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 26. Not far from verse 22. It says, For these Levites, the four chief porters, were in their set office, were in their emona, were in their faithfulness, were in their truth, and were over the chambers and treasuries of the house of God. 
Now, if you go back now uh, to Hosea chapter number 2, verse number 20. Now, I want you to just put on that Hebrew mindset, you know, a Jewish mindset as you are listening. You are in the audience. You are hearing, you know, this prophetic word that has been brought by the prophet Hosea, that God is saying, I will betroth you in my set office. I will betroth you in my set office. Which means God has got his own set office. And he's saying, you are coming with me. And I'm going to betroth you in my very set office. In an office that I am certain. Right? It is me ordaining a place. Me ordaining an office for you. Right? I am, I will betroth you in my set office. What is this set office? You will be a bride. You will be married to me. You will be my bride forever. This is the office. This is the office that I'm setting you into. And he says, this other, I am setting you into an office of sonship, as we see in the New Testament. We have an office that God has set us into. And it is an office as sons to as many as received him. He gave them the right to become the children, the sons of God. That is our set office. And he says, I will do this forever. Which means our set office as sons is something that is permanent. Because it is God who has put us in that office. It is God who has ordained you and me to be sons, to be heirs of his inheritance. I will betroth you in my set office. And he calls us the royal priesthood. A peculiar people, a holy nation. We are winners. We are more than conquerors. This is the set office that God has ordained for us to be in. So I will betroth you in my set office. So this is what they were listening to and hearing. That wow, God is going to establish us in an office. He is going to prescribe a position for us. He is going to place us you know, and, and give us a, a place and appoint us into this amazing office that is his. Now, what is God's set office? Let's look at this. What is God's set office? Okay. Uh, he says, I am God eternal, right? And there is no other God besides me, which means in his office, he is the only God. There are not so many of them. All other gods, they are works of men. They are not eternal. They are creation of men. He says, I am the great I am. When he appeared to Moses, he says, I am that I am. And now imagine yourself being taken by that God and he is putting you in his office. That's why Paul, uh, you know, he says, we are seated together with him in the heavenly places. We are seated with him in his set office. We are not out of his you know, presence, we are in his presence. We are seated together with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Now, this is where we are. Whenever we are fighting battles, we need to fight every negative thought with an understanding that we are already occupying an office of authority. All power has been given unto me. Behold, I give you power and I give you authority to trade upon scorpions and serpents and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why? Because we stay in the office 
of God in the set office, the office that God set for us in his faithfulness. This is beautiful. You know, this is beautiful. We have a set office. Now, if God has set an office for us, the question is, who can take you out of that office? Who can touch you? There's no devil in hell that can touch you because you have been set in the office of God. Remember what is happening during this time of Osea, that from time to time, you know, Goma would go out and worship the Baals. You know, she'll be in, she'll be out, she'll be in, she'll be out. She'll be lured and she goes out. She'll be attracted to everything that is happening on the outside and she'll go out. But God now says, no, you are not going to have two titles where today you are a wife and the following day you are a prostitute. No, it's not going to be like that. You are going to have one office, one husband, one office, happily married by God. You will not be single anymore. You will have a set office. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So all the fear, you know, that, oh, what if, you know, what if I, I come out or what if this happens? It vanishes. Why? Because we did not set ourselves in this office. It is him who created an office for us. The God eternal, he who does not lie, he who does not change, has ordained an office for his children. Praise the Lord. So when they heard that I will betroth you in faithfulness, they were seeing themselves in an office that was set by no one else but by God who is eternal and forever faithful. Praise the Lord. I hope you're still with me. Um, and then the other word for a mona, like we saw, it is steady, right? From the root word, a man. <clears throat> steady from the root word, a man, right? Now that is used in Exodus chapter number 17, verse 12. Exodus chapter number 17, verse 12. You know, when I saw, when I saw all this, you know, I was just... I just could not help it but see the goodness of the Lord. You know, I, I, I put in pictures in my mind when I read the word. It's not just the word faithfulness that I'm seeing. It's not just God being trustworthy, but I'm actually seeing him establishing an office and ordaining me into that office. Remember what he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you and I ordained you to become a prophet. I, the Lord, ordained you. Now look at yourself being ordained into an office, a set office by God. This is beautiful. Praise God. <clears throat> now listen to this now. Um, I just have to clear. Praise God. Uh, Exodus chapter number 17 verse 12, it says, But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone. And put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady, that is a muna. The hands, his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. His hands were faithful, his hands were truth, his hands were steady, his hands were firm. His hands were steadfast. His hands were set until the going down of the sun. Now let's, let's give a little bit of a context here. So Moses and the whole house of Israel, they're, they're fighting against the Amalekites. And God said to Moses, you need to hold that rod 
you know, the road, remember the road that budded, that road of Aaron, the road that turned into the snake when God appeared unto Moses, you know, he says, lift up that road. And when Moses would raise up his hand, lift up that road, Israel would get victory and defeat the enemy. So it came a time when the hands of Moses were now, you know, weak and he could not keep that, you know, road up. That Aaron and her, you know, had to hold up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And the Bible says his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Now, I want you to see this is, this is Moses that we are talking about. All right? But now, look at you now and me. We don't have a Moses doing this for us, but we have a God who is faithful, who is steady. He does not need somebody help him up. He does not need your prayer help him up to be faithful. He does not need your fasting help him up to be faithful. He does not forget to be faithful. He does not get weary. He does not get tired. The Bible says, he who watches over you, he does not sleep and he does not slumber. He is firm. He is complete in himself. And now if the raising of that rod and the steadiness of the hands of a Moses brought victory. Imagine the victory that you have to enjoy in your life because God who is faithful is holding forever, holding up his hands to give you the victory that you deserve. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His hands, as long as his hands were steady, as long as his hands were faithful, victory was brought to Israel. And now we have got a savior who is always steady, who is always faithful, who is always truthful, who is always steadfast, who has got stability. He does not need any support. Isn't this beautiful? Our God does not need any support in order for him to guarantee you a victory. He does not need any support. He is complete in himself. So our victory is guaranteed, praise the Lord. God does not need external support. He is steadfast. He is immovable. He is fixed. So when the hearers heard that he will betroth us in emona, in faithfulness, what do they have in mind? It's steady. The relationship is steady. The relationship does not shake. It is steady. Remember at one time, you know, what comes into my mind? Um, when, when that guy, it was Uzzah, you know, when, when the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was coming from the Philistine territory, going back to, to, uh, to Jerusalem, where, you know, the, the ox tripped uh, and the Ark, you know, almost fell. And he held that Ark, you know, of the Covenant so that it would not fall. And the Bible says he was struck. This was in the Old Testament. Now we have got a presence that does not need any help, any support from a man. We have got a God who is steady. Praise the Lord. We have a God who is steady. Now imagine you putting your faith in the one who is faithful, who is steady, who is Amona. Now this is amazing. Now listen now to what the Bible says about his, you know, his steadiness. Uh, Matthew chapter number 7 Verse 24 to 25, Matthew chapter 27, 24 to 25. It says, therefore, everyone who hears what I say and obeys it will be like a wise person who built a house on a rock. Rain poured and floods came 
winds blew and beat against that house. But it did not collapse because the foundation, its foundation was on rock. He who hears my word, which means the word of the Lord is steady. The word of the Lord is firm. The word of the Lord is immovable. You know, John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And that very word is the word that became flesh. And that word is the word that was being released when Jesus was speaking. He was releasing the word of God. And on John chapter number 6, what does he say? He says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So every time we are taking in the word of the Lord, we are being, you know, we are being uh, uh, emunat, if I can say it like that. You know, we are being steaded. We, we, uh, um, we are being made solid. Our foundation is being uh, confirmed. We are being immovable. You know, we, we cannot be shaken. Why? Because our lives are built on the very word of God. And the Bible says, heaven will pass, the earth will pass, but my word will remain forever. Ladies and gentlemen, our, our God says, I will be faithful to you. It, it doesn't change. It does not pass. When everything else passes away, his faithfulness will remain in intact. It will remain steadfast from generation to generation. Our God is faithful and that he will remain. Praise the Lord. It says when the floods come, when the rains pour, when the winds blow and beat against you and beat against your house, it will not collapse. It will not collapse. It will not collapse. I know we are living in a place and in a nation, in a world where, you know, divorces take place all the time. Relationships are always shaken. Relationships are always, uh, you know, falling. You know, everything is that is happening around us, trust is being eroded. This is the kind of world that we are living in. But yet you have a God who promised so many years ago that I will be faithful. I will remain steady. I will remain constant. I will not be moved. And as long as you are in me, you will also not be moved. And my relationship with you will not fade. And it will not collapse. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. It says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot be untrue to himself. Well, I've got the King James stuck in my head. I almost says he cannot deny himself. If we are unfaithful, if we are faithless, he says, I will remain faithful. I cannot deny myself. Right? Remember what he said there? I will be faithful to you forever. Your office is set. It is truth. It is immovable. It is steady. It is steadfast. It is firm. It is fixed. It is rooted. No matter what, child of God, you and me, we are safe in God. Because the relationship that we are in, we are in the one who remains faithful. Even when we become faithless, he says, I will remain faithful. Praise the Lord. I will remain faithful. And the writer of Hebrews then says, you know, summing this whole thing up, Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. He can be trusted. You can trust him. Every word that he has spoken, you can trust him. He is dependable. You can trust him. He does not say that the wind will not come. Yes, the wind will come. He does not mean that all the other, you know, gods that are out there will not demand your attention. They may demand your attention. But he says, I will remain faithful. I will remain faithful even when you are faithless. I will be faithful to you. That's God's promise to you and me that he will always be faithful. Praise the Lord. Now, as, as I continued with my study, this is what I saw. You know, you go to the New Testament, there is a little bit of a dilution. Remember, you know, from Hebrew to Greek, there's a little bit of a dilution in terms of, uh, you know, the words, the meaning of the word. Now, look at this. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 4. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 4. I believe that you are being blessed by the ministry of the word. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 4. The Bible says, Behold his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his emuna. The just shall live by his faith, by his emuna, by his faithfulness. So the word that is used there is emuna. Now, you get to the New Testament now, you find Paul quoting that same uh, verse, that is Romans chapter number 1, verse 17. He quotes that again in the book of Galatians. Um, and it was quoted again in the book of Hebrews. So it was quoted three times from the Old Testament. And the same word there, now faith, in the Greek now, it is now pistis. Right? But it doesn't bring out, it talks about, you know, belief. But it did not really have the depth that the Hebrew and the Jewish man um, knew. Now listen to this now. Romans chapter 1 verse 17, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God. Not our righteousness. The righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. Right? Remember, it is from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Which means the faith here, that is in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse number 4, it is Emona. So he says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faithfulness to faithfulness, from truth to truth, from emuna to emuna, from steadiness to steadiness. Praise the Lord. From a set office to a set office. From firmness to firmness. Praise God. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Praise God. The just shall live by faith. We're going to see which faith do, do we as the just live by. The just shall live by faith. Okay. The just shall live by faith. Now, Galatians chapter number 2, verse 20. Now, listen now to this faith. Galatians chapter number 2, verse number 20. It says, I no longer live, but the Messiah lives in me. And the life that I'm now living... In this body, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life that I now live in this body, I live it by the faithfulness of the Son of God. I live it by the faithfulness. 
of the Son of God. Now, if you are to read the same in the King James Version, it says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the emuna of the Son of God. A number of um, you know, translations, they got it wrong. I think they thought, well, how can I live by the faith of the Son of God? I need to have my faith. And they then put it as faith in the Son of God. Faith in the Son of God. But that's not it from the original. The original says, by the faith, by the emuna of the, uh, of the Son of God. By the faithfulness of the Son of God. I, I, I hope you see this picture. So the just shall live by the faithfulness. We live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. I wake up every day with confidence. Why? Because of the faithfulness of the Son of God. I can face tomorrow boldly. Why? Because of the faithfulness of the Son of God. People may be retrenched at work during these hard times. A lot of things may be happening. You may be told the company is closed. But don't worry because the just, they live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. Because it is the faithfulness of the Son of God that made you right. It is by the faithfulness of the Son of God that justice was served. It is by the faithfulness of the Son of God that we are betrothed in loving kindness. It is by the faithfulness of the Son of God that we enjoy the mercies of God that I knew every morning. It is by the faithfulness of God that we live. Not our own faithfulness, but the faithfulness of the Son of God. Our own faithfulness is a response and our own faith, it is only a response to the faithfulness of the Son of God. And that faithfulness is steady. It is set. It is guaranteed. It is firm. It is yes. It is amen. It is confirmed. It's not yet to be confirmed. It is, it is, it is something that cannot change. It cannot be changed. It is always constant. Praise the Lord. So he is the pillar that holds your life. A strong tower that you can run to. A foundation on which your life and my life can be built. And when it is built, then we are called to a place of rest. Why would God call you and me to a place of rest? Why would he call you and me to a place of rest if there is no steadiness? If the office is not set, if it is not fixed, but he's calling us to that place of rest because everything is fixed and everything is steady. You see, let, let me go back to one of my favorite stories. Jesus asleep on a pillow. Why was he asleep on a pillow? Why was he resting? He was no longer resting on that pillow, but he was resting on the emuna of God, the faithfulness of God. Even if the world may be shaken, even if this world is shaken, I want you to rest on the faithfulness of God. Even if there's money in your pocket, there's no money in your pocket, your business closes down or it doesn't close down, you lose your loved one, you know, I want you to just rest in the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Not, not in any other person. Because all other sand, it's sinking sand. You can't stand anywhere else. You have to stand. On the word of God because the word of God is that solid foundation now Hebrews chapter number 12 verse number 28 I love this you know Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 28 it says therefore we must be thankful 
that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken because we are thankful. We must serve God with fear and awe in a way that pleases Him. We have a kingdom. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Praise God. When the kingdoms of this world are being shaken, the economy of this world is going up and down. You know, it's predicted there's going to be maybe another recession. All these things are not steady. All these kingdoms are not shaken. But the Bible says we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I'm telling you, your job is not, it's not, it's not secure. All right? Because your company is not secure. Right? Everything else is not secure. Everything else is not secure. But guess what? Your confidence should be in the kingdom that you have received. It is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You need to put a chest out when everybody is complaining, when everyone is memory. Then you say, we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's not a kingdom... You know, that you say, where is it? When is it coming? No, the kingdom is in you. Fear not, little children, because it pleased the Father to give you the kingdom, the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Praise God. Its economy cannot be shaken. Its king is forever eternal. Its Lord reigns from everlasting to everlasting. Its word stands forever. The world will pass away, but the word will not pass away. The word of that king will not fade. When the grass fades, the flowers fade, his word will not fade. This is the kingdom that you and me belong to. It is an eternal kingdom. Praise the Lord. You and me are in an eternal kingdom. Right? What happens if your, uh, you know, your business closes down? Well, the good news is God is not dead. He will give you something else in his wisdom. What happens if you lose your job? Well, God is not dead. He's steady. He's firm. Remember, as long as the hands of Moses were lifted up, victory was gained by the children of Israel. Now, as long as our God is there, who is a solid foundation, who does not grow weary, who does not grow tired, imagine what will happen, the kind of victory that you will enjoy in your life because you are in this kingdom that cannot be shaken. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is simply saying, you can count on me. You can count on my kingdom. You can count on me. Yes, we are living in a world where faithfulness is a rare commodity, where handshakes don't mean much anymore, you know, where deals cannot be sealed by handshakes anymore, where people don't honor the word. But he says, I have honored my word even above my own name, above my own self. That's how I have honored my name. You can depend on God. He is trustworthy. You can trust him. Are you hearing me, child of God? You can trust God. In these difficult times, he can be trusted. He promised to be always faithful. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you till the end of the age. He's true to his word. He does not go back on his word. He's always true to his word. Now, let me just finish this series today. Um, and I'll go back to Osea again uh, so that I do the last part. Just for the next few minutes, maybe the next five minutes. Verse 20 says, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. You shall know the Lord. Praise the Lord. You will know the Lord. When I do all these things, you will know me. 
Praise God. When I die on the cross for you and give you my righteousness, you will know me. When my justice is saved, you will know me. When I become faithful to you, you will know me. When I show my mercy, you will know me. Right? You will not know me in any other way. You will know me when I demonstrate righteousness, when I demonstrate justice, when I demonstrate my loving kindness, when I demonstrate my mercy, when I demonstrate my faithfulness. These five things, then you will know the Lord. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Now look at John. John chapter 17. You will know the Lord. John chapter 17. Verse number 3. It says, and this is life eternal, that we might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is eternal life. Wow. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So when he says, you will know me, now that we know him, what does he, what does he mean? He says, you will have life eternal. Remember, I will betroth you to me forever, righteous, in righteousness forever, in justice forever, in loving kindness forever, in faithfulness forever, and you shall know the Lord. And what does that mean? You will have eternal life forever. First John chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. This is the testimony that we have, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. And whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And they that know they are God. They that know they are God. They that know they are God. Those that have experienced their God. Those that have had a, a, a communion with their God. Not intellectual knowledge. Not cognitive, cognitive knowledge. No. 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 He says those who know. Those who have experienced their God. Those who have experienced an intimacy with God, those who are one with God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. My brothers and my sisters, this is the kind of covenant that Jesus Christ came and cut for yours and my benefit. And he has promised that you and I will be betrothed in his faithfulness. He's faithful. If you look at your life today, I'm sure you can see through the ups, the downs, the valleys, the mountains, the crooked path that you've been through. When you look back, you say, God, you have been faithful. All the plots of the enemy, the things that they framed you at your workplace, but look where you are. You're still standing. Why? Because of the emuna of God. You're still standing. Because there is a set office for you. You're still standing. You know, I love what Stephen did when they were busy stoning him. He looked up and said, I see heaven open. And I see the Son of God. You know, in the midst of all things, he had this glorious experience. Why? Because he is faithful. God is faithful. Steadfast. True to his every word. And you can depend on him. I hope this series was a blessing to you. Uh, I hope that you know the ministry of the word was a blessing to you and that today after hearing this word you can boldly go out there and depend not on your faithfulness but de depend only on the faithfulness of God. He remains true when everything else is contrary. 
He remains true. He remains faithful. And that is your husband. Your Mecca is your husband. Just let me just go to one last verse that God dropped in my spirit just now in the book of Isaiah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just go there. Isaiah chapter number 54. I want you to hear what the word of God says. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. Listen to what he says to you. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He says, seeing all barren, <coughs> thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, child of God, fear not. Fear not. That's verse 4. Fear not. Do not be afraid. That is the NIV. It says, do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. God is faithful. You will not be humiliated. God is faithful. You will not be humiliated. Praise God. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood for your Mecca is your husband. I will betroth you to myself. Your Mecca is your husband. Woo! <laughs> your Mecca is your husband. Praise the Lord. He who knows your weaknesses, he who knows your flaws, he who knows, you know, everything about you. He says, I choose you and I am your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Praise the Lord. That's who he is. And he is your husband. You are blessed. Make sure that you partner with Grace Chapter Church. Uh, you, know, you send your offering. You send your thanksgiving. You send your partnership. It will truly help us to keep spreading the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just for the minute or two, just open your mouth wherever you are and just begin to speak in the spirit, begin to speak and pray to the Lord where you are right now and just thank God for his faithfulness and how good he has been to you. Oh, bradash tebereke no masa bredia, lobrona misha gabe desia bradikomana, lebrosugu badia mamashikoro bradisamani na koroba dikapa. Lebreka dishto maninakara beristo balorokuma mania rashe taulambre kadoso bradakoshina memena harabia doso. He who parts the Red Sea, he is faithful. He who feeds the hungry, he is faithful. He who supplied them with manna in the wilderness, he is faithful. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. You caused water to come out of a rock. You are a faithful God. We have seen you faithful in our very lives. He who sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. He is faithful. He who watches over me. He is faithful. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness. 
We thank you, Lord, for your economy cannot be eroded, cannot be affected by recession. Lord, we thank you because your economy, Lord, is always true. Your economy is always constant. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, but it abides forever. We thank you, Lord, because we, you have called us your own. You are the husband. You are our husband. You are our maker, our daddy, our father. And Lord, we are forever grateful for the finished work of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for everybody who has heard the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessings that continue to manifest in their lives. No matter what happens, Lord, uh, during these times, Lord, our faithfulness is in you. And we know that we are strangers to failure. We are winners by nature. It's either we win or we win. We are above and not beneath. And we thank you for that assurance that we have in you. Because you declared... I will be faithful to you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You are blessed. Thank you very much. God bless you. Praise God.